Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What am I talking about? Probably when you listen to this, it's going to be good afternoon. I should say good evening. Um, because <laughs> right now it is November 1st, 10 35 p.m., and uh, I'm coming live and direct from the Bat Cave to chop it up. It's been a minute. Um, I did an episode, and uh, you know, the crazy thing about it was that it was uh, it was on Spotify, just on Spotify, and I was like, yo, hey, you know, I kind of want you to be available for everybody, so. But, you know, it's cool because I I put a little soundtrack to it. I put some jams on there, um, put some really nice tunes. It felt felt really good, you know, just to kind of be able to play with music and and get shout out to Anchor. You know, I really love um, I just I I just love the platform. Like it allows you to be a creative with doing podcasts like literally a high schooler could do this. No problemo, no problem um, of just getting on and putting your hands to the creative, you know, uh, tabs they have, and then just go to work. So I, you know, it's not a drag for me to do this podcast. I really, 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 really love doing it. It's just like anything else, right? Why I'm, I'm bad at relationships. Pray for me. Um, it's making time, making time for the things that you love, making it a priority. And so I'm working on, you know, having a day probably Sunday night because I I love giving you the podcast to start the week Um, you know this is election week so I'm probably going to put out um, a couple more you know I'm going to put out a couple more jams because we have a lot of stuff going on to say the least you know Um, and I want to make sure that my voice is heard this week because it's going to be a lot (sighs) I'm taking a deep breath now even as I'm talking to y'all thinking about this week thinking about all the just crap that's going to happen. But it might be cool. Who knows? Maybe there won't be a militia that attacks somebody. Maybe there won't be, you know, a riot at a, at a, at a, at a poll, you know, maybe it'll be chill. Doubt it, but maybe it'll be chill. But um, anyways, I said to say, shout out to my new listeners. This is improv with have podcast. Uh, This is episode eight. You know, I've been going strong. I think I'm going, um, officially on to two months and man, the numbers are going up. Like it's amazing. I have people listening to me. So here goes the Hav country countdown. And this is how it goes. I got United States. I got Singapore. I got Hong Kong and I got Russia. Come on somebody. So your boys out here moving and grooving, Um, you know, (laughs) having people literally around the world listen to me. Uh, This is so crazy. It's, I hope while doing uh, this podcast stuff, I never lose the excitement of just people listening to me that I just don't know. I mean, I love that. I love that I'm connecting with somebody who's nowhere near where I am right now, you know? And, you know, I, I, I got a really good, Shout out to, I'm going to pull it up right now. Hopefully I can find it. But um, I was just messing around, looking on the apps, you know, just seeing what people, you know, I, I basically, <laughs> I was liking my podcast on different platforms just to be a, you know, a little troll or whatever. And, um, you know, I was on Apple, right? I was on Apple podcast and I saw someone left a, 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 a nice review, I got a really, really nice, thoughtful review, and it blew my mind, because, you know, at some point, I'm going to get crazy reviews, you know, because I'm going to say some really radical, off-the-wall stuff, if I'm not saying it already, Um, but someone said, hey, love the podcast, it's a vibe, he said, oh, the person said, uh, this person has great oratory skills, order skills, and it's a vibe. And man, when I read that, I was like, yo, come on, somebody. So a shout out to that listener. Um, I'm I'm probably going to come back to you because I want to make sure I find out um, uh, who you are, because uh, it's probably somebody I know, someone who's really uh, close to me who. okay, here it is. Okay, so uh, I'm going to read it. It's they gave me five. So shout out to this person. Um. 
Yeah, hold on, let's see. Okay, now this is the only person that has left a, a message. This person is from DC Fifi. And they said, great orator, and the music is a vibe. And they gave me five. This is on September 2nd, 2020. So it's what? October? So I, I, I just missed this. So DC Fifi on Apple Podcasts, thank you so much for um, leaving that message. If you're listening to this, please uh, uh, you know, find me on Instagram. If, if you don't know me, you prob- I probably know this person. I think I have an idea who it might be. But if I don't know you, you can find me on Instagram um, at improvhav, I-M-P-R-O-V, no, I am at, excuse me, at I-M-P-R-O-V-J-A-V on all social media. So email me, look for me. You can send me a message actually on this podcast um, if, if that doesn't work. But um, find me because I want I want to I want to know who you are and I, I want to say thank you. Maybe I might send you a gift card just for being so nice, you know, like that. That really meant a lot to me, you know, uh, showing love. And as I'm a baby in this podcast game, uh, you know, I still get excited to do this. This is super cool. Um, no one's around me right now. No one is. Uh, anywhere near me but just knowing that people my friends are going to listen to this and i might say something that offends them i might say something that makes them laugh i might say something to the point of like why is this person my friend because of how salacious it is whatever it is i'm glad that you're just going to say something so i'll get off that soapbox um so yeah it's been fun let me let me do some shout outs real quick um so again, I want to shout out SF Black Wall Street. I went to their their um, Dios las Muertes, Dios Dios las Muertes. The half Latino in me is so angry for mispronouncing that. Um, they had a, a, a brunch, and, and I just want to show love. You know, I'm not really a Halloween guy. Um, you know, it freaks me out when I see people dressed as like <laughs> just crazy imagery. But um, I wanted just to come on, show love, and uh, Voodoo Love. Um, shout out to them, Voodoo Love. Um, you know they hooked. They were they were doing the catering. Hooked it up with an amazing uh, fried catfish with cheese grits and uh, red beans and rice. You know I got some wings. I mean it was so good. It took me two days to finish it, and then I went back today and I got some some chicken. You know and uh, and some more cheese and grits. And I got a um, one of their, their honey honey cornbreads, so it's phenomenal. And for some reason, y'all, I've been craving eggs Benedict because you know I, I I'm on Instagram and I'm seeing all y'all post all these uh, amazing pictures at these cafes. You know, you're like, forget COVID, I gotta go out and get my brunch. And I'm not that bold yet. You know, um, I would love to go on a date. I would love to go on a COVID date. You know, and get some uh, some. Um, some eggs benedict but i don't have the courage yet so you know i finally got some at this place called fritz um and they came through uh it was cracking oh eggs like if you want to know my favorite breakfast food by far it's either eggs benedict with that yellow sauce over with some homestyle potatoes on an egg mcmuffin um and then if not that corned beef and <laughs> i have three Corned beef in hash, scrambled eggs with cheese on it. There's a spot I go to. The place looks so, they're called All Star Donuts. And the place looks so trash. I mean, the place looks like, you know, there's some kind of illegal activity happening besides them selling burgers. You know, it has to be. But, uh, <laughs> but aside from that, um, the food is spectacular. I mean, I'll see a dead pigeon on my way going over there but they make some amazing corned beef hash with eggs they also make corned beef they make uh scrambled eggs hash and pineapple sausage with some sourdough bread for under 10 bucks um so i'm just giving them free business right now because you know when i eat there it's just it's 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 a mood it's a vibe you know so um those are my breakfast so i got my breakfast fixed i'm glad i got my eggs benedict i've been craving i'm tired of y'all posting it and not you know bringing me back some so i finally got some today i feel fulfilled even if i don't get it for the rest of this year i am good with my eggs benedict fix so shout out to them oh again sorry go voodoo love 
SF, they're black owned um, business. They make some amazing food. Um, I wanted to get the gumbo, but I'm like, man, let me chill. You know, it's only one person. And I'm ordering like crazy amounts of food. So, yeah. So with that being said, uh, let's get into some quick topics. Oh, two things. So um, two more things on my update section on have updates. Um, so I'm going to be premiering on my friend Barry's podcast called The Black Man's Heart. Um, I pray he puts it out because he kept me up to like one in the morning. So I told him, bruh, I need you to put out this podcast. So look forward, uh, look forward me uh, announcing that I'm going to be on this podcast this week called The Black Man's Heart. It's already taped. He should be putting it out on Anchor. Let's get this. Let's get these analytics going. And then I'm on a podcast called Catching Up After College with my guy Isaiah Brown. Um, so you can see that on Instagram or YouTube, um, Catching Up After College. So I'm on there chopping it up uh, with my guy Isaiah, a good dude, good brother. And um, yeah, I was, I was happy he asked me, you know, to be on there. You know, he's asking all these cool people to come on his platform. And I said, hey, man, I'll come through. And we had a great conversation and I poured out a lot to him. And I hope uh, he wasn't like, God, this dude's going to make me edit all this stuff. So, yeah, that's all. That's that's it with that. So look out for those podcasts coming up. So let me get into my quick topics. Um, if you're a native to the Bay Area, if you know um, anything off of the, the Highway 80 coming into San Francisco at nighttime or during the day, you would see this Coca-Cola sign on, the, on a big old advertisement of Coca-Cola right off of um fifth and bryant the intersection of fifth and bryant and if you know it will glow up at night it's, you know it's been around for 83 years and so coca-cola announced that you know hey man we're going towards digital ads and we don't want to pay for this crap anymore and man it, it hurt a lot of people because it's, it's a it's a city landmark right it's been up for 83 years it survived the 89 earthquake i mean it survived so much right uh, you know, storms, all that, and it's still there, and they took it down, you know, and it's sad, it's sad to be in your city and not see the things that makes it your city, you know, um, someone was saying, like, yeah, we're, we're you know, our, we're city of staples, and what's happening in San Francisco is that they're taking out all the staples, there's literally like somebody's coming in with a staple remover and just saying, I'm going to take this staple of your city out. I'm going to take this staple out. I'm going to take this staple out. And so this this hit home. You know, I saw a lot of people coming out, um, taking pictures, just reminiscing that sign. You, you don't see, you know, it's it's remnant of like, you know, the the 30s and the 40s, you know, of that kind of time. It's old. It's an old fashioned Coca-Cola sign. So it was retro. It was cool. And just gone. Like, literally, no one cried over it. No one protested. A lot of people were sad. But it was out of here. And that's how it is in the city, right? Things you love, things that have been here for a while. Literally, them, them, them boys will come the next day and it's gone. So I'm sad to see the Coca-Cola sign go. Um, I hope they put up something else that's cool. It just lights up. You know, it's a, it's a weird area, right? It's it's uh, south of Soma. Soma. So it's a lot of homeless, you know, so it's a lot, you know, it's a, it's a half techie, half homeless kind of vibe. So it's dark a little bit, you know? And so that sign just brought out some light, you know, to, <laughs> to a kind of sketchy area. So, um, we're going to miss it. RIP the Coke sign. Um, you, I've been seeing, uh, <laughs> these rappers in Trump, man. It's, it's hilarious. You know, it's hilarious. Um, you know, 50 Wayne, you know they adore, endorse him. Cube said he doesn't, but you got you have to kind of endorse him if he's saying he's gonna vote for this platinum plan or whatever. And um, yeah, you know the, the respect I have for hip hop uh, makes me sad. You know it makes me sad when I see it going to its lowest com common denominator. And um, so I hope these rappers do a remix. I hope they don't do a song for Trump. That would be hilarious. You know, it'd be the, the 2000 dope rappers. You know, if Trump wins, 50 Cent, Lil Wayne, and Ice Cube, it would be horrible. It'll be <laughs> black people will literally protest hip hop for Trump, you know. So, but it is what it is. They're, they're supporting, and, um, you know, there's not enough money 
to make me not get behind someone I don't believe in. So I hope for them it's worth it. I hope they feel they spoke up and did the right thing for themselves because uh, for a lot of people, it was very sad to see. But, you know, hey, it's their lives. So whatever. Um, I'm still going to do this um, review on Godfather, the Godfather of Harlem. Man, it was so good. Oh, okay. So I think I'm going to have a movie section of the podcast. So I'm going to eventually do The Godfather of Harlem. But um, I finally saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. And it's, 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 a, it's a ride. Like, I love seeing, like, Brad Pitt just smobbing through L.A., you know, in an old school just riding right like i just love how quentin tarantino gets those like back of the seat angles and you know i mean it was amazing how quentin tarantino just from the landscape from the background he had it all you know retro 60s kind of feel you know leonardo leonardo dicaprio was hilarious um but i want to do a spoiler spoiler alert that last scene Hashtag white on white violence was hilarious. I mean, I watched it and it was crazy. The part where he threw the can at the girl's face, like I was thinking he was going to do that before I knew he was going to do it. Because that's what I would have did, right? If this girl's charging at me with a knife, I'm just Nolan Ryan to the straight bridge of the nose. And he did it. <laughs> you know how Quentin Tarantino movies are so gory, right? And, and, you know, it's gory and you got white women screaming, you know, white women and white men screaming, you know, to all levels of just pain, right? And to see her, just, ah, 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 and then the way Brad Pitt looked after he hit her, he was like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that scene by far was the best scene of any movie I've seen this year. I mean, that scene was everything. I, I felt guilty. I felt guilty for laughing. I wish I would have saw this with friends. I wish I would have saw this with some homies. Um, oh my God, that ending scene was just everything. The Bruce Lee scene, I mean, that was blasphemy but it was hilarious it was hilarious um the guy he he he's supposed to be portraying though actually was a good martial artist though so it wasn't like he wasn't a well-trained martial artist. i just didn't think he would do that to bruce lee but who knows but the guy who played i, I wish the guy who played bruce lee he would have had a little bit more screen time because he was hul- that scene was they, they could have just showed that scene him driving through la smobbing the scene where they went to the ranch to deal with uh, Marilyn Manson's people and the ending scene would that could have been the whole movie and I would have been more than satisfied it, w- it was it was beautiful shout out to Quentin Tarantino with the beautiful cinematography and uh, it, was, it was just it was tremendous it was tremendous like yo whenever I get down I'm just gonna put on that scene and just watch them go at it and just laugh my butt off so shout out to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Kids, do not watch it unless you watch it with your parents. It's pretty <laughs> graphic. Oh my gosh. Yo, I wasn't ready. Why didn't y'all tell me it was gonna go down like that? It, it was it was oh my gosh. I wish they do a sequel to that movie. But anyways, but I'm gonna take a whole podcast just to go into the Godfather of Harlem. I wanna break it down with such a dope, such a dope TV series. So many gems, so many nuggets, so many things that stood out for me. I talk about it on Barry's podcast, the 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 heart of a black man, and um, or the black man's heart, excuse me. Um, but we'll do that in another episode. I'm gonna do probably another one tomorrow, Monday. Um, in I'll probably do it Monday or Tuesday, post November third. Uh, we're not gonna know who the president is until months well, we'll get a good idea of where it's going but there's gonna be so many lawsuits and you know um white rage you know that we're not gonna get a clear-cut president for a minute so like i'm like like i'm happy you know um i'm, I'm gonna be honest with y'all man i'm, I'm 
you know, I was watching someone say, oh, you know, um, you know, voting isn't important. It isn't, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I understand about the president, presidential part of it. But these local um, things on the ballot, yo, we need to handle that. Like, that's important. Like, that's really important because it affects the young people we deal with. It, it affects the oppression. I hate when I hear Christians talk that dumb stuff. Oh, we don't, we're not ruled by the laws of this land. And, bruh, then you go, then you generate some ballots that we can get behind that's going to benefit the people. If not, then get behind some stuff that's going to actually impact our community. Other than that, stop being a, 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 a no doer, all talker kind of person. Like, I hate folks like that. And my Christian brethren, a lot of y'all be on that stuff sometimes. Y'all talk so much, but do so little to make the world better. So stop it. Get your butt out and vote. Um, I, you know, I'm probably going to put a third person candidate in there. I'm probably going to make it up. But, you know, California, the presidential stuff doesn't matter. Even though California is getting really red, um, you know, we have the blues from being a part of the blues, but we're starting to see a lot of red out here too. So, um, yeah, go vote, go vote, drop off your ballot, go vote. I'll be out there Tuesday. Shout out to my job, giving us a day off because we know as black people, it's going to be real emotional and it's just, we're going to need a day to process. So shout out to my job for, um, being, being understanding and giving us a day off to, to vote and just handle business. Uh, I'm praying it's not going to be long lines. Who knows? You know, it might pop off. You know, I might see some crazy person try to, you know, voter ID me kind of thing. And so you, your boy Hob may go down to 850 who you never know. Somebody comes up to me on some on some foolishness like, hey, are, are you registered? What are you doing? Let me see your ID. Like, yeah, you might you might catch an elbow. Seriously. And I'll pray for you after. But yeah, you might get a Peter, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we'll let that go. Um, oh, and then I want to talk about J-Lo. J-Lo, 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 or I should say J-Lo, J-Lo, J-Lo. Um, homie, as a, as a Puerto Rican myself, right? As a Boricua. To hear Jennifer Lopez say that she said, I'm a black girl from the Bronx. <sighs> well, let me, let, me, let me tell you something. You can't be black when it's convenient. You can't be black when it's... Um, you have nothing else to do. You can't claim that you're black when, you know, your numbers are down. It's either you're in or you're out. You know, a lot of people want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. And that's why they call it rhythm and blues. You got to take both. And I've never heard J-Lo claim any of her African um, descent in any of her music, videos, interviews, all of a sudden now, I'm a black girl from the Bronx. So, J-Lo, you got to show me some receipts um, of you <laughs> of you donating to the NAACP, um, Negro College Fund, uh, because you can't just be saying stuff like that, fam. Like, everyone, everyone wants to be black until it's time to be, in, until it's time to be black, Paul Mooney. Or nobody want to be black until we go to jail. Then you want to be neutral again. Nah, J-Lo, you got to ride, you know? You dated Puffy cool but that's not enough that's not enough of a of a black pass for the rest of your life you know you got to stay active you know and um so i i thought that was interesting and uh she still looks amazing though she still looks very yum but not yum enough for me to like give you a pass on air you better claim it boricua you know puerto ricans who don't claim their african heritage are whack you're whack and you're disgraceful how dare you be um uh not proud of your african heritage that you're born with whether you're light or you're dark if you're puerto rican you have african lineage in you the whole race is made up of enslaved africans taino and colonizers period so stop denying it stop looking down on it stop judging people in our community um, as if lighter is better. Nah, you better recognize. Or you're going to catch it. You're going to catch this melanin. So, J-Lo, show me what's up. If you're really down, if you if you really want to be a black girl from the Bronx, get out there and help some black girls. That's all I got to say about that. So, 
let's get into it. Um, this podcast, it, um, I'm gonna make a nice little pivot again. Shout out to Anchor. Anchor, you're amazing. I think I'm gonna do the promo video to get sp- uh, sponsorship because you keep bugging me about hey, we wanna we wanna direct sponsors to you. Okay, cool. Let's do it because it's Christmas. Well, I don't really celebrate Christmas like that. Um, I'm not a Jehovah Witness or anything. I'm just I don't you know as like as you get older you you see the symbolism. But I, I'm a reverse Christmas. I, I just get stuff for me, you know, uh, during the holidays now. Um, but I try to give to my loved ones throughout the year, so I'm not pressured into a season to give to people. And it's not about Jesus if capitalism is involved that way. So let's get that straight. Stop capitalizing literally our Lord and Savior. Stop it. He's not feeling it. But um, I want to talk about this this dream I had. And the podcast, I didn't say the beginning, is called A Dream You Don't Want to Wake Up From. And so I had a dream Monday. And in this dream, I'm... um, I'm on stage, right? So for those of y'all that don't know, I have a theater background. I first fell in love on stage. I, I I fell in love with expressing myself, being connected. Um, it's it's amazing. Being the arts, it's 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 phenomenal. It's phenomenal what it does for your soul. And I fell in love with theater in the fourth grade. I was eight years old. And so um, I have this dream, and in this dream, I'm in this play. And it's a big play. It's a big. I feel like I'm on like a Disney lot or something. It's like, it's some someplace huge. It's either on a university. It's someplace where it's a big, big, big crowd. And so in the dream, I remember I'm rehearsing, and I have these lines, and the lines are amazing. Like it's crazy what you can manifest in your dreams. Like in my dreams, my brain was able to come up with a script, which is crazy, right? Like a really cool script. And I'm like, okay, I'm reading it. And I actually like the lines in my dream. I'm like, yo, these, 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 these lines are dope. And the play was really, it was powerful. Like I'm, I remember I'm rehearsing and I'm killing it. Right. I'm like, I'm loving, I love that feeling of just doing this piece in front of everybody. Woo. It's beautiful. So then something happens where it's like showtime and I'm late. I don't know why I'm late. I'm the, I, I, in the dream, I realized I do something that I shouldn't have did before the show. I want to say it's opening night too. Something crazy like that. Where like, and I guess I had a pretty big role. And so I'm like, oh, I'm late, man. So I'm in a car and I'm like, come on, man. Give me there, give me there. I get there, I'm running. I get to the theater. I can't find the green room. I'm like looking like I thought I knew where it was. And I remember I'm walking down some stairs. I'm like, like literally like I couldn't find any doors I'm like yo this is crazy like I hear everybody and I know I'm late I know I'm late I know I'm late so even in the dream I feel convicted right and so I'm going I can't find it I'm hearing people and then I'm looking at my watch I'm like oh damn the show's already started so my, my part's coming up I'm thinking I can just hurry up get in a costume and then just jam which is stupid you know, a theater, man, this is what you're getting paid to do, fam. You need to be there hella early, at least three hours, you know, rehearsal, you know, hair and makeup, you know, and just vibe, right? Get, get into your zone. And so I'm struggling, fam. Like now I hear people, I'm seeing people come into the theater, right? And I'm bugged out. I'm like, oh man, oh man. And I'm like, I, like I'm hearing my part. And so, <laughs> this part doesn't make any damn sense. DJ Khaled was in the lobby, like in the suit, in a white suit. I'm like, Khaled, yo, where's the bat? Where's everybody at, man? I'm late. Boom, boom. He's like, oh, okay, man, let me show you. So he like, I don't know if he was an usher or just like, he was just chilling. So he ushers me, he says, it's right there. And so fam, I go in to, I guess, will be the green room and... And so I, I opened the door and all these black actors, I mean, so it had to be like a, you know, some, some, you know, dope ensemble. Right. I think, I think it might be multicultural because 
the only non-black person I noticed was Lin-Manuel. If y'all don't know who Lin-Manuel is, he's the brother who directed Hamilton. And I'm like, and I, I'm looking at his face and I can tell he's pissed. He is pissed. So I'm like, and then in my mind, I'm like, wait a minute, is this Hamilton? Is this some new stuff? And then I just felt horrible. Oh my God, I felt horrible. And then I, I go and I sit down and, you know, I... I know when I'm late to something where it's my fault, I get, I I act like I'm mad at the other people when I'm really mad at myself. So I'm projecting my anger. <laughs> this isn't real life. <clears throat> this isn't the dream. This is real life. I'll be late somewhere and I'll pretend like I'm, I'm mad or I find something that someone else did to divert my anger at myself for not being more prepared and being more uh, on point. So I was sitting in the corner and I was just like, fuming right i'm just like damn damn trying to calm down and then um so what i realized is that that play was important because all of a sudden everyone looks at me in the dream including lynn everybody looks at me like what's up you ready and then i wake up and i'm like no no god no I want, I want to see, I, I, just, I wanted to see what I was in for. What was, I, what was I getting ready for? And it was such an amazing feeling. Y'all, the, the, the feeling of doing what you love, right? And then this whole week has been about hearing things that are confirming this dream. Now, God sends dreams or gives you dreams as messages. And I, I, I told one of my friends, shout out to Barry Graves again, about this dream. He said, God's trying to send you a message. I'm like, man, you're right. But I'm like, we're in COVID. Like, who's getting on stage? Who's really, you know, whatever. But I think, honestly, what the dream was saying was, it's a deep, dark secret of myself that I'm not being honest about how much I miss being on stage. About how majority of my life is outpouring to people and giving to others. And the only thing in my life that really gives me something back, that gives me fueled, I haven't done it. I haven't done it in like consistently in the way I would love to do it in the last maybe eight years. Well, I mean, no, I went to, I was on, I, uh, I was off Broadway in New York in 2014. We opened up, um, at this festival called the down, the downtown, the, the downtown urban theater festival. It was the 12th year anniversary that selected a hundred out of 130 something, su- su- uh, out of 130 submissions. We got submit, su- you know, we got selected. And so we flew out from California and that was the last time, like theater wise. And it was amazing. It was amazing. We had people from all over the world there asking us about the concept of forgiveness. I mean, it was phenomenal, phenomenal. And um, so as I was dissecting this dream, right, that's that's why I call this episode a dream you don't want to wake up from. Well, I realized that it isn't the dream when you do that. You're, you're, when you're really doing what you're called to do, it's almost as if you're in a dream state and you don't want reality to wake you out of it. Right? In a dream, it's like it's beautiful. There's this part of you where you feel protected, you feel like there's a structure, but you know something is being orchestrated, like, like you're being brought through this journey. And when I saw myself on stage, it was amazing. You know, it's been something I've been battling with for a lot of years. And I felt like maybe this was something that had been manifesting in my in my soul, in my spirit. And God was trying to bring it to me like, oh, you, you think I don't know that you feel this way? And I thought it was very interesting. I don't know if it was a sign of things to come. But I had been thinking about it, like, yeah, let me start digging my IMDB together. Let me start getting certain things together. Um acting resume uh let me just start positioning myself because I, I do miss it i do miss being creative i like everything that i would love about church i love about theater 
right? You're with a bunch of people who you're working together for a common goal. And depending on how everyone comes in that day, brings your game up or brings it down. But in theater, you know, it's all about bringing your your fellow castmates up along with yourself. Everyone's trying to bring everyone else up through their own individual parts, right? Everyone's setting a standard of excellence. And we have a goal to accomplish, which is to impact the audience, to impact those who come through. And so before I ever came to church, theater was that church for me. Theater was uh, my sanctuary. It it was um, my first pulpit. You know, my monologues and my poems were all my first sermons in a sense. And so to have this rant, like I wasn't even thinking like, y'all, the the crazy part about this dream was I wasn't even thinking about theater or I don't even know what DJ Cal. I think maybe DJ Khaled came up because I was listening to a pop star that he has. Right. And so maybe that's why that image came up. But like to see him as an usher to help me, I thought that was hilarious. But the part of the dream that caught me was everybody looking at me at the end. Like, what's up? Like, I didn't know my role, so, but it must have been an important role for them to look at me like, what's up? Like, come on. And there's something about that pressure in theater, right? Where you're like an important actor or you're a main actor. And man, like, you know, we, there's understudies, of course, but like, man, people are looking up to you. You know, it's the first time I think in my life I felt through the arts, I felt validated as a human being. I felt important. I felt special. Um, it was a lot. As I say this, I'm getting hella emotional, you know, because I think about, um, man, how my life changed through creative arts. And and again, it's not, it's not, this is all, this was an instrument God used to get me closer to him, to give me confidence in myself to know that, you know, I had a purpose in this world, you know, and um, I'm forever thankful. I'm forever thankful. I feel like in my 30s, so my late 20s, you know, I'm doing theater pretty. We're doing 100 shows a year, right? And I stopped counting the show. I, I stopped counting after like 2,000 shows, performances, right? I stopped counting. All right. I, I actually used to keep a record. And... um my 30s you know in my late 20s i got radically saved gave my life to the lord accepted jesus as my lord and savior and um you know things changed i feel like i got a little bit more radical like i started incorporating god more intentionally in my work so it was social justice faith creativity hip-hop you know all mixing up all these things together and i felt like you know there was this big old hole in my life as a professional that I was doing all this stuff, but I needed something, I needed, I needed something else. I need something else to believe in. You know, um, I still, I still was very talented as an artist, but thought very low of myself. Right. So the, the stage would allow me to, to be this better part of myself that I couldn't induce being a regular human being. Right. I'm very shy and timid, um, off stage, but on stage, I'm a beast. I'm vocal. I'm confident. I'm all these things that um, I feel like I can't be in the world, you know. And when I started rocking with the Lord, things started to come a lot clearer. You know, I started to understand ministry a lot more. Understand, you know, who God is, who I am, in a, in a, in a lot more of a sense. I needed healing, you know. I still was. I was still. Um, healing from my father passing I never really I didn't get over it I just got through it and I needed that time you know uh, I'd ended my contract with Brava the theater company that I, I was with for 10 years it just you know they they we were just an accessory to them they were it was never really our home it was never really um they kind of wanted us there they and, and I think in the beginning they did but it became a, a very we're gonna use you we're going to use each other, but there's not going to really be a lot of love. There's not going to be long-term investment or, you know, even though we're packing the house out and bringing this dope, diverse crowd and, um, they didn't really recognize or acknowledge how amazing we were as this young group of cats from the city. Um, so I'm in my thirties now. And so, yes, I'm getting to the word, 
doing all that. And I basically put the stage down. I was doing a lot more spoken word, but I wasn't doing theater. I wasn't really directing as much. I wasn't, um, you know, there was a couple times, you know, big moments, right? Where I, I took my play in places, I took my theater stuff places, and then it just stopped. I spent a lot of time, like, doing ministry stuff. And, but there's a deep down part of me that I missed it. I miss being on stage. I miss getting a script. I miss working. I, I miss character development. Um, I, 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 just, I miss all of it. But I sacrificed the next eight to ten years of my life to know about God and myself. Um, and I didn't know how to do both, you know. And I had a good run, you know. I still, I'm still performing, still doing spoken word. You know, it was hard to do theater at the capacity when like you're in school you're working you know i'm, I'm in a ad, educational part of my life I'm trying to pay my bills or whatever but i wasn't really um fulfilled you know by not being on stage um i remember there was an opportunity to do hamilton to go audition for it and i punked out i punked out i was scared you know, um, you know, I was the kind of next level and, you know, I had a commitment, but I still should have did it. I still should have did it. Um, and so I, I think, you know, and God bless those who did Hamilton. I think it was really cool. I think it was really amazing. But um, there's a play that I wrote. I co-wrote. It was my idea, but I co-wrote and wrote called Toy Soldiers that I had been doing for a very long time. And, I, you know, people hit me up like, have you got to do that play again? You know, it's about one of my students getting murdered. Um, it deals with healing. It's, it's the play that brought me close to God, you know? And, you know, I would do it all these places. And you know, it was amazing. Poetry, hip-hop, theater, live music. I mean, all of that. And um, I just stopped, you know? And... I never reconciled to ask God, like, is it finished? Because I miss doing it. I miss doing it. I miss impacting young people and teaching them about forgiveness and, you know, dealing with uh, young men on the streets that the society doesn't want to understand that we're making monsters, that we're creating killers by not intervening early in their lives and offering them more and, and broadening their, their life scope. You know, we create people who um who are sociopaths in a, in a lot of sense, right? Environmentally where they live. Um and so this play opened up and brought out a lot of that. And uh, but it takes a lot. And so, you know, working, I'm like, how can I do this? Cuz I think about it often. I think about theater, I think about plays often. And I think about, man, what if I would have put more time and money into it? Um from thinking that oh it was just over and I just realized people who are great don't give up they don't give up they keep pushing they keep going and <clears throat> I think that dream was a huge wake up call because you know I'm, I, I teach a college prep class and you know I met with the kids Tuesday and Thursday but Thursday the writing exercise that was given to me to give to the kids was if you could get paid to do something you love for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm like, God, are you kidding me? Like, like, yo, what's and I, and I love the job that I'm at, you know? I think there's so much potential to grow at this job to like, I'm, I'm doing, I'm in a college prep organization and I'm doing creative arts we, we basically did this thing called personal statement slam. And so, you know, when you go to college, you write a personal statement, right? And there's a, there's a technique to it, right? Hook and you know, all these different things to get colleges to accept you aside from your grades and SAT scores, SAT scores, um, you know, GPA, all that kind of stuff. Your personal statement is what opens their eyes to who you are. And something hit me like, hey, you know, we need to do a personal statement slam. We need to like approach it like their poems, but their personal statements, and we'll judge it like poetry, and we'll snap, clap, 
And man, it got hecka deep. And these kids, I mean, some kids are doing their personal statements as poems. They're writing it as poems. They're not saying, hi, my name is such and such. Or, you know, they're writing it in poetry form. And it was amazing. I'm like, God, look at you. God using me to do creative arts for a, a college application part. This is crazy. Like crazy, fam. And um, sorry, sometimes the New York part of me comes out. I'm from the West Coast. Um, so when that question got posed to me as a writing prompt for our kids i'm like god what what, like what's the deal what's the deal and so i i I need those who are out there who are praying folks man say a prayer for me say a prayer for me this week and the prayer is for me just to sit down and just talk with god about um this deep dark secret of mine that i have about missing performing arts like like missing it like big time like it was a part of my health and wellness right getting a script and working on something it was it, it was something like when i got a script it, it allowed me to like be creative and investigate and do all these things it was like it literally is my health like people do yoga me just looking at scripts and working on something with people and um yeah send a, send, yeah send a, send out a prayer for me um, for me to have the, the, the courage enough to sit down with God and ask him, yo, what did you mean by that? Like, what did you mean? What, like, what, what, what am I not doing? Why am I getting this kind of dream? Because I'm scared to ask. Like, you shouldn't have that relationship with God, you know? And even at 41 years old, I, I still have um, tough times coming to God. Because in my life, I couldn't really come to my father or, or others around me, males around me, to be open and free like that. It's still hard as a as a person who at one time considered himself an orphan, you know, uh, to have this relationship with God where I can come to him as a son, as an heir and say, God, you are noticing something wrong with me. This is something in my life that I'm not mourning. I'm not I'm not dealing with and it's making me sad. And God, Pops, can you help me? Pops, can you help me? Because I don't know. I don't know what to do. I think about it every day. I dream about it, but I'm not doing it. God, what is the roadblocks? What is the things that are hindering me from being happy in, in my fullness? And also, like, to be able to do it as a living. And I think part of it, too, for those that don't know my history, you know, um, the folks who raised me said, we're not going to, you know, I wanted to go to college for arts. And they were like, man, we ain't going to pay for no damn artist. You're never going to make it. You're not going to do like literally just told me, you know, it's the reason why I kind of just I kind of dropped out of school. Even though I was on the honor roll and getting good grades. I dropped out of school and I gave up. You know, I, this is 18, 17, 18 years old. I gave up because those who were entrusted to raise me um, didn't believe in me. You know, later they would see different. Um, they would see some pretty amazing stuff. But at the time, they didn't believe in me. And so I had to fight through a lot to prove them wrong. It took me 10 years, but still, I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time. Because I could have just proved myself right. I could have put more of that energy to prove myself right. And I, I just thought that things don't happen by coincidence. There wasn't an accident that I got that kind of um, kind of dream. The part I still can't shake everybody looking at me like, what's up? And um, so I'm praying. I'm, you know, I'm going to do a podcast episode called um, This Has Been the Year of, of Vision. Because I remember when I looked at, uh, you know, I, I was on some prosperity gospel stuff. Like, yeah, this is going to be a year of vision. God's going to show, like, on some happy-go-lucky stuff. And it was right. God showed me a lot. A lot, fam. But it wasn't a lot of happy-go-lucky stuff. He showed me some very painful things about my relationship with my family, with friends, 
with myself. He showed me some truths that I had just been ignoring, you know, some laziness stuff, some, you know, um, some some character stuff. He showed me during this COVID pandemic thing, showed me a lot. And I believe now the part of it is still showing me, but show me the vision, right? The, the, the potential. And I wanted, I'm going to do a whole episode on that, of what I feel like God showed me this year. Probably in December, um, like I felt like, yeah, just everything that just came, like, oh my God, so much got revealed this year. So much. It has been that. It has been a year of, of, of revelation. Um, but I think this is a part of it. This dream I had was a part of it. And, I, you know, then Wednesday, I have this conversation with a coworker. This is probably going to be another topic, too. And the conversation was, do you want to be successful or do you want to be significant? Woo! So before, so the dream happens on Monday. Something else, I'm, something else happens Tuesday with the young people. And they're talking about, like, you know, why they want to go to school. You know, why they want to pursue this, right? Like, you know, then Wednesday I have this convo about success or significance. And it was deep how we were breaking it down. Because, yeah, you know, he asked me, do you consider yourself successful? And he said, I consider you successful. And I said, yeah, I guess so. You know, I feel like I can be a lot more successful. But he was like, but do you feel like what you're doing is significant? And, man... And you know what I said? I said, man, it is. But I feel like I used to be even more significant in my work. Like the stuff I'm doing with kids, it's private. With the young people, it's private. I don't blast it out like I used to. But it's significant work. Like I'm, I'm really tapping in, helping them be creative, giving them permission to be free in their true God, authentic self. You know, the God, the God-given, authentic self. Um, and just helping them break these generational curses. Just planting seeds, just loving on them every Tuesday and Wednesday, believing in them, helping them write, you know, help, you know, it's so much deep tissue work. But I'm like, no, I don't want to be successful. I want to be significant. I want the work I do to mean something. I want folks to know about it. That the work is meaningful. But what God has been showing me, and, and here goes the other, uh, probably another show too. Um, it was a quote I got. It said, do things from love, not for love. And I realized how it works with God. Um, is that when you do it from love, God will love it. And then get you the love. But if you do it without him receive without him being praised and honored for it, and from a place of not getting recognition and not getting um, always uh, financial compensation, when you do it from the love, love will come. And I remember when I first started going back to theater, of just doing it from for the love of it. When I was just writing just to write, just being on stage, being creative, being around other people, putting up showcases and finding folks, connecting with community, making community. Oh my God, it was beautiful. You know, now I'm older. I'm like, man, I, I want to do something that's going to sustain. I want to do this. I want to. I wanted to um, be able to pay my bills. I want. I want to be able to do this. I mean, there's a certain sacrifice, of course, diligence and hard work. But um, God was tapping me back into that time of when it meant something. Not when I'm trying to, okay, Hav, because you were being lazy and scared and you delayed it. Now you want to try to make money from it. No, no, no. The principle's always the same. Do it because it's something that you love to do. And God will take care of the rest. Like literally do it not because you're hoping to sign a you know million dollar deal or whatever. Like that's all a byproduct. And if you you know put yourself out there, you people will find you. If it's good, 
they'll find you. But the, the, the positioning, the heart is where it's at because that can't be compromised because your, your end game is always doing it from a place of, man, I want to connect with people. I want to connect. I want to feel good. I want. I, feel, I want to feel like I'm. I'm doing poetry. I'm doing plays. I'm teaching. That it's it's it's, a, it's impactful. It's helping people become better. And so that's what I'm. You know, my my friend doesn't know about this dream. No one knows about this dream. And so I'm just tying all these threads together. And that's where I have to come back to a place of doing it from love, not for love. And I just thank God for um, for showing me this week. For showing me that dream that opened the floodgates for, for so much more, so much more conversation with people, but conversation with myself. And I know I have what I ask y'all to pray for me about is what I have to do and, and be in response and, and, and deal with this. You know, it's definitely made me sad to not perform more, even when, when we're not doing COVID, you know, um, and so I have, to, I, have to, I have to get that right. I have to get that right. You know, um, I, I think for years I felt like, God, this is, you're teasing me. This is torture. Why would you introduce this to me? And then I can't do it. I can't do it in its fullness. And I think the dream was a sign of God saying, I haven't forgotten about you, but you're going to have to do more. If you really want to do this, like you say you do, then you got to check your character. You got to check who you are. Because I'll give it to you. I'll give you the stage. I'll give you the scripts. I'll give you the creativity. But the part you need to have is the character. And I always used to say this to my students. I care more about your character off stage more than the character you play on stage. And you know what? I realized where I got that from. Because God's more concerned with the character of Javier in real life than anything I play. Because the higher you go where they say new levels, new devils. Man, this this entertainment game is crazy. There's so much compromise. There's so many people wanting to do whatever for the dollar. I'm, I'm As I get older, I get thankful for, for not being thrusted so early into that and having a lot of my innocence taken from me. That I know when to say no and nah, this isn't cool and I won't do that. And I learned a lesson recently about some stuff. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'm praying as I'm having this very open, and honest conversation with y'all. That a part of my life will be called back to stage. And I love teaching. I love I love I love doing workshops. I love empowering people. I love giving back. I love helping. I love the perfect all that stuff. But the thing that fills me up is being on stage. The thing that recharges me is being on stage. Is getting a dope script and just getting creative. Finding the humanity in people as I continue to find it in myself. So, man, that, that was that was that was real, y'all. That was really real. This probably going to be a part two to this <laughs> this is probably going to be a part two but um man i just i really thank y'all for for being on this uh podcast with me as i get longer and longer um and kind of taking this journey with me tonight it was really cool um got a little emotional but i needed to when you love something so much you know you care about it but, but I also want to admit that theater doesn't define me. The arts doesn't define me. None of that defines me. I'm proud of who I'm becoming. I'm proud of who the person that I've been molded. Um, that that means more to me. My reputation um, in the community in general. That means more to me, my character. And um, I pray that no matter uh, where this art takes me, that my character keeps me there, sustains me there, and takes me even farther, you know, as the word says. So thank y'all this evening. I'm going to pray for this week. Hope everything goes well. 
And um, I appreciate y'all. And uh, I'll talk to y'all soon. Improv with Hoff. Peace, y'all.